This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. And call us here, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Do you like the start of the offseason right now for the Seahawks with uh, the defensive hirings? Do you like uh, what you heard and saw from Russell Wilson this week at the Pro Bowl and what you might see tomorrow? Uh, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, or anything else that's on your mind. Let's go to Derek in Redmond. Hey, Derek. Hi, John. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm fine. I hope you're feeling better. I know you've gone through a lot of physical challenges. Um, I wanted to ask you specifically how you feel like um, uh, the Seahawks can improve themselves in free agency, specifically along the offensive and defensive lines. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I ask, ask it that way is, number one, you're a great local resources for understanding how contracts actually yeah. work in the NFL. So that dispels all that ridiculousness about will Russell Wilson be traded or not? Of mm-hmm. course he won't. But I used to bank the Seahawks. I used to be a member of their banking team. Okay. And, I, and this was during the Todd Lai-Wiki era. And um, it was my job, you know, to understand, you know, how it worked. And one thing I found out, you know, how, uh, you know, their finances and how they managed the camp was a diamond, you know, you know, picture points north and south and um, east and west. And at those points on the offense, you're going to have your quarterback. You're going to have, you know, typically a quarterback or a running back, you know, as north-south points of the diamond and your wide receivers. But the strength, the equator of it is your line, and that's where the bulk of your money is. But, you know, big contracts tend to be at the yeah. diamond. Same thing on the defense, you know, with corners at the end, you know, um, and in the Seahawks era, you know, safeties, you know, at one end of the diamond. And, you know, they stuck to that. And, you know, this is how the finance people describe how they managed it. And, you know, considering, you know, we don't have a whole lot of draft capital right now, mm-hmm. what do you think we could do in free agency? Because obviously, you know, with a um, division with Aaron Donald in it, mm-hmm. you got to have an answer. Yeah, and, I mean, it's not – and you, you have knowing the finances and all that stuff. I mean, you know that uh, you know they're not going to pay eighteen, nineteen million dollars for a defensive end. That's not John Snyder. He doesn't like right. to do that. But I, I think what it comes down to right. is that uh, I mean, you you can obviously take the second round pick and draft an offensive lineman. That could be one starter there, and then you know you figure out two six million, eight million dollar signings that uh, you can get there and so you know they don't they don't have to go overly expensive but i think they can just be smart about it and take care of that and uh you know maybe at do the you most think that there's enough talent out there in the free agent pool to do that there's you know, to improve there's uh 586 unrestricted free agents so yeah i mean i think there is <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> um um well, well, thank you for that insight. You know, I, I certainly appreciate it. You know, and, you know, I, I guess, you know, a second part of the question yeah. is um, one thing I learned about lending money to all sorts of different organizations as a commercial banker is any organization, if they can do three things well, you know, they're going to be good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And that's one, identify talent, two, develop talent, and three, um, retain it. And, you know, specifically, you know, in the free agent market, you know, they got to retain, you know, so 
Um, I, I mean, I hear what, you know, you know, Bobby Wagner, I mean, I'm hearing 55 million. I think we need 80 to really make, you know, to improve in our division considering, um, you know, the, you know, the lines, you know, on the defensive and offensive yeah. side of the ball in this division. But don't also, you know, don't, uh, because just, we got to protect Russell. You yeah, know, no he's, doubt. Not, he's not getting younger. <laughs> and no. there's no Dan Marino as far as release. No, but I'll tell you the thing that's interesting is that uh, you br- you bring up the idea, you know, the other teams in the N- A- NFC West, well, one issue they're, they're having is that uh, they may not be able to keep all their players. I mean, how can the Rams... Well, the Rams, you know, I, you know, if they don't win their Super Bowl, I think they're in purgatory forever, yeah, yeah. Know, or at least a decade, because they, they, they're, they're all in. Arizona sounds like they may not re-sign Chandler Jones. Think yeah. about that. Yeah, and, and I guess that's where I'm coming from. In, in a division, you know, that have all these weapons on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball, considering those three things that I mentioned, mm-hmm. identify, develop, and, and retain talent, you know, it seems to me we're going to have to lead on the third one this year to get, you know, you know to get back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think we can win the division. I, You know, I, I, I think that, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, in that skills competition demonstrates once again he has the best deep ball in the NFL. Right. Um, but I think, you know, just personally, he needs to dial it down a little get bit and accept some responsibility. And, you know, too much in love with the home run ball. Uh-huh. You know, let's just make first downs and stay on the field instead of, you know, long forever. And I think he's, a, you know, a long ball hitter at a – 150 average right now. Yeah, but I'll I, I tell you the thing you that know. I thought was interesting, and it turned out to be a disaster. When I was watching the Kansas City game last week, in the first half, to me, I said, this is what Russell needs to do next year. Right. And what, because, again, what, what he did, you know, Patrick Mahomes, is he was just patient. It's like, hey, you're going to play cover two? I'll throw underneath. I'll do check downs. I'll do screens. I'll run around, do, do these all short passes, and then occasionally try to hit you deep and hit Tyree Kill or some, one of the other receivers. That's what he needed to do. I can't remember do. what analysts – I can't remember what analysts said it, but I think they said it best. There's a difference between throwing from a platform yeah. of inspiration rather than desperation. Right. And I saw more of the latter in Russ mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Well, you know, desperation, and, I think, was and, injuries. You know, and I, I think if we can give comfort, you know, in a pocket for an aging quarterback, you know, and especially for a team that loves to run the football, you know, um, you know, like I said, I think as an organization, you know, the Seahawks can clearly do that. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that they promoted a defensive, you know, um, person because that's that shows strength in your team. Right. You know, I don't think P um, – or Russell, you know, forgot how to quarterback or coach. I think they're still good at both, you know. Uh-huh. And you know, and eventually, you know, they they prove that. And you know, um, you know, organizations that you know uh, are fearful change over rapidly, and like Houston and yeah. Miami, that's why they're a mess. You know, mm-hmm. they don't develop any continuity. No, agreed. But, um, I thank you for your insights. Okay, you know, Derek. You'll always bring something to the table. Hey, thank you so much. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Jimmy in Port Angeles. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, John. Yes. Thanks for uh, putting on a show like this, man. It's like the peasants get to talk to the king. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank Um, you for the kind words. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I've had a few thoughts. One thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, all this talk about the position groups, you know, that need to be upgraded in Seattle. You know, mostly they talk about the offensive line, the defensive line, and the secondary. Right. And I suppose I wanted to kind of focus on the the defensive line. And then I also had a little comment about the the all-star games. But, you know, my question on the – on the, the the position groups, is, what I struggle with is like feeling like yeah we do need to upgrade these position groups, but at the same time I love the guys we got. Yeah. You know, like at center, I like Ethan Posick, but do we need a better center, a leader on that line? You know, and then in the secondary we got good corners. They're saying we got to resign our corners. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we upgrade our position groups if we're if we have to resign everybody? You know, but then you know what I really look at to me is the defensive line. You know, do we need a defensive tackle? But do we need defensive ends? And and then you look at what Carlos Dunlap did at right. the end of the year. It's like, is he not an answer there? I mean, were they really using him wrong all year? And then all of a sudden they started to use him right. And look what he did. Yeah. You know. And then Daryl Taylor mm-hmm. is he a defensive end or is he a linebacker? He's a defensive and, you end. Hey, I mean, he can do both. Yeah. But again, he's a defensive end in my opinion. Right. That's how. That's how I feel too. Maybe he's a little undersized, but he'll he can put on weight. And, yeah. You know, so there's the answers on the team already, you know, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. I just torn between do we go sign more people or or do, do we really have what we need and look at how we played at the end. I mean, we beat San Francisco twice. We beat Arizona. We beat playoff teams. Mm-hmm. So it's all there. Russ, you know, everybody kind of overlooks the injury and, you know, whoa, it's all just we got to trade Russell Wilson. No, we don't. Man, I watched those first couple games. He's better than that Cardinals quarterback, he's better than Dak Prescott. Those guys, when they throw up a long ball, you're like, wow, I wonder who's going to catch it. When Russell Wilson throws it up, you're like, oh, it's going to be a touchdown like, yeah, every time. Yeah. Well, so, if, you, yeah. if you study analytics, you know, and I don't know if you agree with this, but I'll, I'll give it to you anyways. You know, in baseball, they have wins against replacements, right? Mm-hmm. So in other words, if you lose a guy, uh, how many wins does that take away from your team? Well, if you're talking about a quarterback as good as Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, all the top quarterbacks, that's five wins. Five that's wins taken off your team. Right. I mean, you go, and so, like, for example, uh, you know, uh, you, and, and you can see it, and it's done pretty much every year. Like, you know, for example, next year, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, if he does go to Denver or he, uh, it gets out of there, you know, there'll be a seven or eight win team. Right. I can, you know, and how much of what Aaron Rodgers' success has got to do with the division he plays in. Yes, he's amazing and he's great, but yeah. he's playing the Lions and the Bears all the uh-huh. time. Come yeah. on. I know. And then didn't they play most of their games against the NFC South, too? They're out of comp- out of division games, and that wasn't pretty either. No. But, uh, you know, so then I guess on my other thoughts I had was the All-Star game. In all sports, man, is the All-Star game not matter because nobody watches? Or nobody watches because it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I think it is, and I, I could be wrong on this, <clears throat> is that uh, you have a younger generation that uh, you know isn't as enamored you know, with the All Star games. That I mean they, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a, you know they 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 watch the Red Zone Channel to keep up on all the games during the season. You know they watch games in snippets, and you know to to sit there three hours like to uh, like tomorrow today with the Senior Bowl. I think that uh, you know a lot a lot of the younger 
the younger audience isn't for that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There isn't. It's just a matter of preference. And it's like if you have a choice, uh, would you rather watch you know, a two-hour basketball game, a two-hour NBA game, you know, a baseball game if there's going to be baseball? You know, it's like you know, or do you want to watch an All-Star game? So I think what it comes down to is that a lot of the younger generation is kind of shying away from it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and then another part about the All-Star game that I was yeah. thinking about was. Uh, you know, when you look at the professional sports level, mm-hmm. I can see how you can say that those games are meaningless. Yeah. But is there an element of college all-star games where pro teams are watching it yeah. and these players have an opportunity to show their talent against the best of the best at their level? And so there is actually something to the college level all-star games that they can mm-hmm. gain out of playing well. So, so I ask you, you, know, are, you are you like, could they actually market those games? Yeah. To people that are, you know, maybe there's not enough people that are that interested in sports yeah. that they're just all about, oh, look at this draft pick coming up, you know? Yeah. But, well, like, I'll, I'll ask you this, and I've got to run, is that uh, are you going to watch the Senior Bowl today? I can't because I'm working on my mom's roof. Oh, man, there you go. Okay. Okay, that's great. Hey, thank you for the I'll phone call. I'll listen to it on the radio if I can find yeah. it. Okay. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Bill Williamson joining us at the bottom of the hour. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Victor in Auburn. Hey, Victor. Hey, John. Another great show. Thank you. Hey, uh... From a conversation earlier, I know something that would be good probably for your, your sleep. If you string together all our Irish Mankey's calls and put them on a loop, <laughs> you might pass right out, John. There you go. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, all, so seriously, though, um, do you think with all the turmoil that's going on, that's going to favor the uh, first minority owner if uh, in the Denver sale? Mm-hmm. Well, I, don't, no, no, I doubt. I mean, right, right now it's like uh, – don't you get the feeling that uh, you know uh, Jeff Bezos is going to have the lead to be able to get it because nobody well, nobody can compete for him for money. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, yeah, definitely that way. I don't know if it'd be have a um, a push because I know the local Denver guy who's worth billions of dollars. He he's trying to buy the team also, or at least put a group together, mm-hmm. and he'd be the first minority one in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, I'd welcome it. I mean, I have no problem with it. Yeah, just, but again, I'm excited about the the Hackett hire. Even if it doesn't land Aaron Rodgers, I think he's a, a, a strong enough mind to get a you know a, a, a drafted quarterback, or even if they uh, run again with Locke to improve a little bit. Even though I know they have to stock some uh, capital into a quarterback this year out of yeah. the draft if they if they strike out with the Rodgers. Yeah, no doubt about it. Because you know, obviously something needs to be done because you can't be in the AFC without a quarterback right now, and they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, did you see that silly article the other day about uh, one option for Denver bringing Bridgewater back on their two-year contract for $40 million? Uh, no, I didn't. No, yeah, it, it, a lot of Denver fans were uh, – there was a hypothetical speaking, but they yeah, were saying yeah, there was one yeah. option. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. It's yeah. obviously not happening. I mean, again, uh, Bridgewater might come back, but at the very best he'd be a backup. Yeah, when uh, – when the Broncos do go to the draft, if they have, uh, well, I guess it wouldn't matter if they got Rodgers. You think all that stuff would be done? Yeah, it has to be done before the draft. Mm-hmm. All right, John. Hey, I'm glad you uh, sound a lot better, bud. Take okay. care. 
Victor, thanks. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Bob in Wedgwood. Hey, Bob. Hey, John. The NFL is so regimented and detailed and predictable in everything they do, particularly their scheduling. Um, You know, like when the season ends, you know exactly who the Seahawks will play. And even Mm -hmm. the 17th game, you rotate with where you finished, you know, in the conference. One thing that makes no sense, though, is the bye system, at least. I can't figure it on the surface. Like the Seahawks will have a bye with Miami and the Lions mm-hmm. and Atlanta. Um, is there a rhyme or reason to it that yes. I'm not seeing? Because no, on here, the surface, here, it seems here, to. And, and see, and I know this, you know, from when, when I was working at ESPN and trying to figure out what games to go to, right? So what ends up happening uh-huh. is that obviously, you know, that the night games, the primetime games, they're already pre scheduled, right? And then you may have a flex right. somewhere in the latter part of the season. But the reason that uh, you have to spread out the buys is that uh, if you take too much away from uh, too many good teams away from Fox or CBS, it kills their ratings. Because I, I remember different times, you know, I'll look at a schedule and uh, so many of the better teams are on a bye week. And it's like, well, wait a second. It's like, what game am I going to go to? There's no good games. And so it waters down, you know, Fox and uh, CBS. And you know, remember, you know, they they pay you know billion dollars each, and that's probably going to go up to two billion dollars. And so you don't want to water down the product for big payers like that. So there is a rhyme and a reason. Are so pre- <laughs> I guess I don't see it because they are so predictable. Like I, my thought would be like, why not a whole division get to buy, like the NFC West get to buy, and then when they come back the Seahawks play the Cardinals and the Rams play the 49ers and you don't have the you know you're playing somebody coming off a bye mm-hmm. thing. I think the why the NFL wouldn't want to do that is because they couldn't stand the idea of having the NFC East off for a week because that's their baby and oh my yeah. god the world would fall apart if there was a yeah. weekend where the Eagles and the Cowboys didn't play. Yeah, but see here here's the problem with that. I mean, if I don't know if you, you probably don't agree with me, but I'm thinking right now with all the changes at quarterback, coaches, you name it, is that uh, there's only five playoff teams right now in the NFC. Dallas and the four teams in the NFC West. So if you take the NFC West out of the question, what games are you going to watch? There's nothing left. You got one playoff team. That's why yeah, the, I mean the, the, I mean, the NFL is so, I mean, I, you know, teams will, in any market will watch any market, which is why my next question for you is they were so, they hankered so much to get a team in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Um, but why? I mean, you know, look at the Rams heads. They're very ambivalent about the whole thing. And, uh, John, I wanted to ask you, too, when is the Rams' uh, salary dispensation going to run out? Or is that just a perpetual thing? Because I, I know you, I've heard you say yeah, but within a year it or two. seems to me like they – Okay, they get a lot of extra. I mean, how are they doing it? Uh, everybody's even Cooper Cup signed a new salary. Yeah, yeah. I heard that the, that uh, the NFL was so grateful to the Cronkies for bringing the team there that they're, they're doing them some favors now. Is that there's no <laughs> that cap might favors? Be a little conspiracy no, there's no cap favors. Okay, none. And, and you remember, Jerry Jones was very much involved <clears throat> in getting the LA thing brokered. Yeah, yeah. Why would he? I mean, that's just Jerry. Why was what was his involvement? <laughs> I mean, he well, well, uh, if you have a team in L.A., theoretically, you're going to make more money. And if you have two teams, yeah, has that? Has, 
Yes. Has that stood out though? I mean, they, they built SoFi. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, thank you for the phone okay, call. Okay. So, yeah, no, thank you. And, uh, okay. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Bill Williamson coming up next. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. And joining us is Bill Williamson. And so, Bill, you by midweek you were thinking it was going to happen this way. Josh McDaniels, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, Raiders are never boring. They always no. make huge news, and, and they've been doing it uh, – it's been a crazy year, John, and, you know, to think that this team, you know, the, the John Gruden controversy, the Henry Ruggs thing, that was just a tragedy. And then, you know, they go on this tailspin, and, and then they have to win their last four games in a row, and they do it. And, you know, Rich Sasha, the players love him. They go to the playoffs. They lose to a team that goes to the Super Bowl. Um not good enough for Mark Davis. He he goes fine. The New England connection, Josh McDaniels, his first year in New England was the tuck rule year, you know. Now he's a Raider and it's it's wild. Yeah, it really is. I mean, is this a good hire or a bad hire? I don't know. I mean, there's a I think I don't know if it deserves as much praise as it's getting. Nationally, I think you know it's being, you know, a consensus home run hire, and I, I think that's disingenuous if you look at his history in Denver. Mm-hmm. That was, excuse me, <clears throat> that was a disaster. You know, I mean, an absolute disaster. And he had issues with players. He traded Jay Cutler, who at the time was a 25 year old Pro Bowl player, who had a lot. He was coveted. I mean, a lot of people wanted that job. Josh McDaniels gets in a beef with him and trades him six weeks after getting the job. And, and then he goes 11 and 17, and he has his own videotaping scandal. He can't get along with people, and he's out. And, you know, and then he, he spurns the Colts at the altar four years ago. So Josh McDaniels is a really elite offensive mind. That I don't think there's any doubt about that. And he works really well with quarterbacks. So there's a lot of good things to like. But there's some warning signs as well. So who knows? But if he, you know, he said his press conference last week that he learned that he needed to deal with people better from his Denver experience. Maybe that will maybe that'll work. He has Dave Ziegler, a college teammate, with him now. And maybe Ziegler will be, you know, balance him out a little bit. Maybe it'll work. Huh. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the move. But then, hey, if he has improved himself, then maybe it can work out. But boy, I'm 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 skeptical. Yeah, and I, you know, Mark Davis is a, a hands-off owner. He really wants to win, like you know, everybody yeah. does. Well, maybe not everybody, as we've seen this last week. But uh-huh. the thing about Mark is, he knows he knows that he's not the football guy. He knows that he's not his father. So he will allow them to do their things, which may be a good thing or maybe a bad thing. So the question is going to be, who's really going to be in charge of personnel? Because, you know, obviously, you know, people said, oh, yeah, Mayock did this and Mayock did this. But you knew it was John Gruden making the decisions. Is that going to be the same thing for Josh McDaniels? 
I think Josh McDaniels is similar to Gruden in part that he is a control guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dave Ziegler said that he's in, he's, he's in charge of the roster. Yeah, right. Josh McDaniels is going to be a big part of it as well. But I right. think what they're banking on is their relationship uh-huh. and their trust of each other. So I don't know if they're really that worried about it. You know, I don't know if there's a big ego fight in this deal. And, you know, Dave Ziegler is getting a lot of credit as this great hire. Bill Belichick ran the show in, in uh, New England, so we don't know exactly how good he is. These comments aren't to, to poo-poo this hire, you know, this yeah. partnership. It's just we don't know. You know, there's, there's some unknowns here. These guys got to prove themselves. So how good of a team is this right now? Well, it made the playoffs. It was 10-7. and seven. Um I think, you know, just I don't know if you say it's, it's a sure playoff team going into next year. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the bottom of the AFC playoff run, but it's certainly a contender, and it was certainly an attractive roster to these guys to leave New England. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it can win, and, and they're going to make moves. I think it's going to be a busy offseason. And, you know, I think they're going to make moves to try to get into the Super Bowl, and we'll, we'll see what happens. These playoffs showed us that it's so, you know, the difference between going and not going is it's pretty flimsy, you know. I mean, Kansas City could have made it. Buffalo could have made it. The 49ers could have made it. You know, Packers could have made it. These games are so close. So if, if the Raiders make a couple of moves and have a little luck, they, they could be in the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, yeah. But on the flip side, they make a couple moves that don't work, and they have some bad luck. They can be a seven-win team. So who knows? I think that's kind of the NFL these days. What were your thoughts on the Brian Flores lawsuit? I, you know, I, I found it to be very sad. You know, very. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it's just if those allegations are true, it's just despicable. You know, and just, and it's just sad to me that. This is where we are, but it's the, uh, you know, it's reality. And, you know, if the allegations are true, then I hope he gets what he desires. And I hope, you know, the people who perpetrated this get, deal with it, you know, get the repercussions. But again, I think sadness is my overriding feeling. Yeah, because again, I mean, if it's true uh, that uh, the owner wanted to pay him $100,000 for each loss, that's, it's illegal and crazy. Yeah, it's illegal. I mean, if that's true, he's got to go, right? I mean, you would they, think. they have to they have to remove the team from him. He's got to be forced to sell if it's true. Mhm. Mhm. I love the fact that today uh Roger Goodell came out and he says, "Oh, we're going to have an independent in, uh, investigators look at this thing." It's like, "Oh, that worked out well in the Washington situation." Yeah. You know, the NFL is the – if you look at the last two playoff rounds, right? Yeah. I think it's the greatest human theater in the world. Uh-huh, it, agreed. The NFL football is a great product to play. The the league, the, 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 the structure, the, the officiating is a mess. It, it, it tries to screw itself up so bad, but the play on the field – overrides it and that's why we're there because of those games and the excitement and it's really like i said the best human drama that i think is out there 
but the people that run it are trying to screw it up so badly. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, because again, it's like uh, this is a true mess. And then the way things are going right now, <clears throat> we know that uh, Miami is interviewing uh, Kellen Moore today, Mike McDaniel's from the uh, 49ers tomorrow, tomorrow, and we'll make a hire probably by uh, Monday. Then uh, sounds like Josh McCown, uh, with no coaching experience, may get the Houston job. And we figure that uh, ultimately, because they're all at the senior bowl together, you know, you're going to see uh, eventually, even though Eric Bieniemy is visiting tomorrow down in New Orleans, but I think that you'll see you know, uh, Dennis Allen being back promoted as the head coach. That means no, no minority hires, none. Yeah, if it goes nine, nine and none, no minority hires, and a guy like Josh McCown, no, he's not, he has no coaching experience. Zero. And he interviewed last year, and we all, you know, scoffed at it. He didn't coach anywhere last year, I don't believe, right? He did not, no. Yeah, so that so when you see the things like this, you understand the reason for these for this lawsuit. This is an example of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. And I, I don't know if it's done on purpose, but, boy, it's... Uh, it, 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 it makes you wonder, I, I think, at the very least. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And then the the, the crazy part is that, uh, you know, he's jeopardized his career because there's a chance that he may not be able to get back in the league. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I was um, That's the first thing that I thought of when that came out. Is, man, this guy must be really in his convictions because I don't know yeah. if he – gets hired again you know um i wish somebody would hire him i i, I, I wish uh, you know a, a, a free thinking ownership would say hey wait, wait a second he didn't he didn't do anything wrong here he's just standing by his convictions and being a leader doesn't that's don't isn't that what you want in a head coach doesn't that somebody you want to lead your franchise and if it's not your franchise that's being affected i don't know if it's real risky and then if we say, well, okay, I'm going to get a call from Roger Goodell, well, what? hey, Roger, it's none of your business. This, mm-hmm. this is your deal. That last year, it's your deal. This is my money. My team is my deal. So I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive, but I don't know why a team wouldn't want to hire him unless, you know, distraction. But, I mean, hey, the distractions come up all the time. Yeah, no doubt about it. I would love to, I'd love to see the Saints hire him. I'd love yeah, that. I would too. Yeah, I think it'd be great, but uh, you know? I'm not optimistic. Yeah, yeah no. And uh, and then, <clears throat> and just on another subject, have you ever seen a conference that has this many good young quarterbacks in the AFC? Nine quarterbacks that are 26 years or younger, uh, and many of them former top first round picks. Many of them first round picks but all of them so talented. And I've never seen a, a conference as saturated as this one, the AFC. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, I, I, I'm a huge quarterback fan. I just love great quarterback play. And mm-hmm. I just soaked up the, uh, the last two rounds of the playoffs, you know, and and the Super Bowl should be the same thing. And, uh, you know, Joe Burrow's a lot of fun, and he's only in his second year. And i got to be honest, I, I don't consider myself this huge quarterback Savant. I just enjoy it. 
But I didn't, I didn't, coming out of college, I didn't know if he was going to be, you know, I thought he might be like more bigger Mayfield's career than yeah. his own so far. I didn't know if he was going to, it was going to translate, but yeah, he got it and he's tremendous. And Josh Allen, you know, I, I can watch Patrick Mahomes play 52 Sundays a year and it's, it's just, it's tremendous. And, you know, I, I cover a lot of AFC West and having Mahomes and Herbert in there, it's going to be it, – it, it, the Broncos better figure something out, a quarterback, and the Raiders better load up on defense because, I mean, that's a tough task, I tell you that. And then, you know, I, I think we're talking about the new coaches and, you know, disappointment that there's no minority hires, and Jacksonville may have screwed up the process, but I think Jacksonville nailed the coaching. I do too. I, I really yeah. like Doug Peterson. I think he's underrated. I think he's forgotten. I mean, this is a guy who – wasted the Lombardi uh, not too long ago, mm-hmm. you know, four or five years ago. And I think he's really going to help that young quarterback. And I think that, you know, in a year or so, we're adding that quarterback to, wow, the AFC has loaded that quarterback. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be part of that conversation. Bill Williamson, how can everybody uh, get a hold of what you do? Well, I cover the Raiders of SP Nation, Silver and Black Pride, B. Williamson, NFL Twitter, and I appreciate it, John. Okay, Bill Williamson, thank you for joining us. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for producing the show. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for running the show. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Commando Dave. David, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. What's up, John Clayton? How's it going? Man, it's, I'll tell you, it's great to be back on the John Clayton Show heading into Super Bowl week, the final week of the 2021 football season. Shout out to Matt, the MC, for getting me on the airwaves of 17 Cairo, home of the eight years since the Super Bowl Seahawks, and team looking for a locksmith to Seattle Mariners so I can bring it to the show. And now that the cat is out of the bag, John Clayton, I can let this cat out of the bag. I got a call last week from Washington owner Dan Snyder asking me if he could call this team the Commandos. I told him, hell no. Oh, there you go. That's how they became the Commanders. Very Uh, good. And speaking speaking of cats in bags, it's a good thing you weren't making title game predictions last week, John Clayton, and just went with mine, the Rams and the Bengals, and that was after I picked three out of four in the divisional playoffs and was a mere 13 seconds away from going four for four. Dizzy Dean once said, if you can do it, it ain't bragging. Mm-hmm. Well, I ain't bragging because I can't do it. But when you pick five games right out of 10,279 over 20 years, I got to bring it up, right? I agree. I think it's a good thing that you anyway, did. <laughs> look, as I mentioned last week, John Clayton, the NFC title game to me was the game of the day because of what was on the, the line, the opportunity to become the second team to play and possibly win a Super Bowl in their own stadium for the Rams mm-hmm. and for the 49ers, the chance to snatch that away from an NFC West, California, no-love rival uh, by making it an even seven in a row. Uh, the, the 49ers rolled in there with the mindset of, you know, not only are we going to prevent you from playing a Super Bowl in your own house, we're going to have our feet up on the coffee table when we get back in two weeks. But as we saw 
the big moves that the Rams made to build this team have paid off because all of those teams were making big plays at big times. Moving to the AFC title game, Professor, not only was it a tale of two halves, it was a tale of two 13 seconds and a tale of two OTs. We saw what the Chiefs did in the final 13 seconds of that game against the Bills, moved the ball from their 25 to the Buffalo 30, kicked a field goal to send it into overtime. But in the title game, with 13 seconds to go in the first half against the Bengals, the Chiefs had that first and 10 at the Cincinnati 15, got a pass interference, ball was spotted in the, at the uh, 1, and then Patrick Mahomes threw two incomplete passes on the next two downs. They came away with zero points and weren't able to add to that 21-10 to 10 lead. And then also in that divisional playoff game, the Bills, against the Bills, the Chiefs won the coin toss, received the ball, marched right down the field, and, uh, and, and uh, had the game-winning touchdown. Uh, in the title game, the Chiefs won the coin toss. The uh, Bengals played some defense, forced a turnover, went down, kicked the game-winning field goal, and punched their ticket to Super Bowl 56. Uh, and so that, that really just proved how OT is really supposed to work. And lastly, John Clayton. This is a Saturday that I wish the last caller of the John Clayton show got as much time as the first caller because I've got a lot to say about this uh, Brian Flores matter. The the timing couldn't have been worse for the NFL the week before the Super Bowl, but it couldn't be better for NFL fans due to the seriousness of the situation. You know, this is the down-and-dirty secret bookend to a season that goes along with the race-norming revelation at the start of the season and the John Gruden emails mixed in in the middle. But the, uh, I'll wrap it up by saying Eddie Gloud Jr., the department head of African-American studies at Princeton University, put it better than I could, behind that shield is ugliness. Mm-hmm. Can't disagree. Hey, thank you as always, Commando. My best to Mrs. Clayton. Talk to John Clayton. Have a good weekend. And, of course, we'll be back next week at 8, uh, 8 to 11. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.